0: Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I don't know about you, but it feels good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And I feel His presence in the building. Amen. Amen. I, I, I love singing about who He is. Amen. I love singing about what He has done. Amen. The, the thing about it is when you begin to sing about Jesus, He, he has a tendency to show up in the atmosphere. Well, amen. Amen. He has a tendency to show up in the atmosphere. Amen. And I, I don't know about you, but that's what I've come to experience tonight. I've come to experience a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm thankful I know who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that I have the revelation that He is the mighty God in Christ. I'm thankful that I'm not deceived into believing some false... Uh, theology or some false doctrine, but I have a revelation of the truth. And I, can I tell you, that's something to be excited about tonight. Amen. amen. Well, thank you all, seven of you. Amen. It's something to be excited about. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Such a privilege to be in the house of God. Amen. And to know that He is with us. Amen. And He's going to do something great again tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Thankful that He is good and His mercy endures forever. Amen. God's never halfway been God. But through every trial, through every circumstance, through every situation, He's never wavered, He's never wandered, He's never faltered, and He has never been failed. He's just continued to keep being God. And aren't you glad He is good at being God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a blind man by the roadside begging an outcast of those around. He could not see and was in great need of a healing he had not yet found. But then a man came by who opened blind eyes and the faith Bartimaeus crying. And where darkness did dwell, the healer made well. Jesus came through on time. What he does, he does good. He'll come, through, He'll come through just like He said He would. There's no reason to leave any room for doubt. It's why you're going through the trial, He's working it out. What He does, He does good. Ain't nobody believe that to be the truth tonight. Tell him. Well, now when the enemy Comes around telling that Jesus is not the same. And every account that we've read about is just a little ink on a page. Well, but every line written brings to his attention these miracles are not fairy tales. What he did back then, he'll do again. Jesus does all things well. What he does, he does good. Amen. He'll come through. Just like He said He would, there's no reason to leave any room to doubt. Because while you're going through the trial, He's working it out. What He does, He does good. Oh, what He does, yeah, He does good. Well, He'll come through. Yeah, just like He said He would, there's no reason to leave any room to doubt. Cause while you're going through the trial, he's working it out. What he does, he does good. There's no reason to leave any room for doubt. Cause while you're going through the trial, he's working it out. What he does, what he does, yeah, what he does, he does good. Amen. Oh, if you believe that, would you give Jesus a big hand, clap of praise? And thank Him for His goodness tonight. Hallelujah. hallelujah, hallelujah. I preached on it this morning for just a few minutes. I'm thankful that regardless of what goes wrong in my life, there is always hope in Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful you know where your hope is tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've had bad days, sad days, when everything goes the wrong way. Familiar with the feeling I'll never make it through. But in one dark, lonely moment, I finally realized that though I fear, I cannot deny that there is always hope, always in Jesus. Darkness has no place beneath, the glimmer of His grace, He lets me know I'm not alone And on the days I need Him most, ooh, there's always hope Amen. don't you believe that? Hallelujah Oh yeah and Now I've been through enough to know that I cannot do anything that's greater than god's perfect will and i found there is a comfort in letting him perform his faithfulness will evermore endure because there is always hope always in jesus darkness has no place beneath the glimmer of his grace he lets me know I'm not alone and on the days I need him most, ooh, there's always hope. Yes, there is. Ever reaching out to where I am, holding to a greater plan, reminding me that through his love we can win. Just don't give up Cause there is always hope Always in Jesus Darkness has no place beneath The glimmer of His grace He lets me know I'm not alone And on the days I need Him most ooh, there's always hope Ah, He lets me know I'm not alone And on the days I need Him most there's always hope. Ooh, there's always hope. Hallelujah. If you're thankful for that, would you give him a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. We thank you, great God. We thank you, great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm so thankful for the hope that he has brought to our lives. Amen. And the hope that comes through His saving, cleansing, redeeming blood. Amen. 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 In Springfield, Illinois, there is a museum. And in this museum, there is a very small silk cloth. This silk cloth is only a a few square inches in size, but this silk cloth is worth uh, great value. Silk can be an expensive cloth, but this bit of material is not for sale. This piece of cloth in Springfield, Illinois, no matter how much money you offer them, no matter how much money you have in your bank account, you just simply can't buy this small silk cloth. Its great value is not because it was once a part of a dress owned and worn by a young lady named Clara Harris. Probably not one, bi- one person in the building tonight would actually know who Clara Harris really is. No, that silk, uh, that silk was, uh, the piece of that dress, that silk has great value because the night Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, Clara Harris was sitting in the president's box with him. After Lincoln had been shot, history tells us that she caught him and cradled his head In her lap, like a mother would cradle her child, she held Abraham Lincoln in her hand. And Harris's beautiful silk dress that she had worn that evening was stained by the blood of a great man. It is Lincoln's blood that calls the state of Illinois to buy that dress, and it is Lincoln's blood that gives those few square inches of silk their immense value. Can I tell you tonight, if a piece of cloth uh, is worth so much simply because of the blood of a great man, how much more is a soul worth that's been covered, that's been washed, that's been redeemed, uh, and been purchased by the blood of the greatest man that ever walked uh, this earth. In fact, let me just take it a step further. He wasn't... Just a man, but he was God, manifest in the flesh. And what the blood of Jesus touches far exceeds what the blood of Abraham Lincoln could ever equal to. There is still power in the blood of Jesus. Amen, amen. And I don't know what kind of sin you may be bound in tonight, but I've got good news. The crimson stream that covered my sin has not run dry but there is still enough blood flowing from Calvary to cover your sin and to wash you white as snow aren't you thankful for the blood tonight hallelujah how many times have I gone astray faltered and failed my soul lost its way how many times has satan called for review of my past but i've heard all that he has to say and it can't compare to what i found in grace you see the stream that covers my sin has not run dry but there's enough blood to cleanse the deepest, darkest sin. There's enough power to free the feeling of guilt within. And though Satan tries to overthrow and hinder redemption's crimson foam. He'll never stop such saving love Cause there's enough blood What kind of sin is holding you down Leaving your soul forsaken and bound What kind of life do you now live As result of your past there's hope in a Savior who sinlessly died Conquering death so that you could have a life If the grave could not hold him down Sin can't hold you back Cause there's enough blood To cleanse the deep Dark as dark sin there's enough, there's enough power to free the feeling of guilt within and though satan tries to overthrow and hinder redemption's and flow he'll never stop such saving love Cause there's enough blood There's enough blood To cleanse the deepest, darkest sin There's enough power To free the feeling of guilt within Though Satan tries to overthrow and hinder redemption's crimson flow, he'll never stop such saving love, cause there's enough blood. Oh, he'll never stop such saving love, cause there's enough blood. There's enough blood, hallelujah, oh thank God for the blood, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank God for his blood, there is still power. In the cleansing blood of Jesus. And I'm glad I've come to a saving knowledge of what that blood can do for my sin. I've been washed. I've been redeemed. I've been sanctified. And anybody thankful you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I wonder if anybody remembers that day. You are filled with the baptism of His Spirit. There are times throughout this life that I can't help but recollect Moments that are etched into my mind and I'll not forget But there's one that comes to mind and stands above all of the rest I feel that same great feeling when I start to reminisce oh of the day he saved me and put my name up on the roll i just can't hold my peace this star and never will get old and i'll never forget when i first felt jesus the moment when he first found me sin gave way to his glory my soul found a way to be free i couldn't deny it helped realize joy i'd not found yet but something got a hold of me and I'll never forget. Well, aren't you glad you went to a meeting one night and though your heart was right, thank God, something got a hold of you. Oh, yeah. Now you may feel the very same that I did on that day. Sin had staked its claim. I was defeated in every way. But the good news is your future's not dependent on your past. Hey, there's a new life away to enjoy and hope that's short to last. But you must be born again and let His Spirit take control. There's still enough redemption to save your sin-sick soul. And you'll sing, I'll never forget when I first felt Jesus, the moment when He first found me. Sin gave way to his glory. My soul found a way to be free. I couldn't deny I have realized joy I'd not found yet. But something got a hold of me, and I'll never forget. Though no, I'll never forget when I first felt Jesus. The moment when He first found me. Sin gave way to his glory. My soul found a way to be free. I couldn't deny I have realized joy I'd not found yet. Well, but something got a hold of me and I'll never forget. Well, no, I couldn't deny I have realized joy I'd not found yet. But something got a hold of me and I'll never forget. Well, something got a hold of me and I'll never forget. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Anybody thankful you've been changed by the power of His Spirit? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it feels good in the house tonight. Huh? I just feel like singing about the Holy Ghost for just a few more minutes. Anybody thankful for what you have in Jesus? You may own a lovely mansion you might drive a fancy car be a hollywood attraction or a famous movie star you might know the queen of england hang around with the elite you might own a five-star hotel or a horse that can't be beat but i know there'll come a day when you will trade it all away for what i have for what i have all the gold in California, all the coffee in Brazil, all the stocks and bonds on the Wall Street, all the hundred dollar bills that may occupy the daydreams of a more ambitious man but my eyes are fixed on heaven, don't sticking to my plan. Tell the whole world even though they may not understand or know just what I have, just what I have. What I have is a soul bought by the blood, I'm sanctified. What I have is a little pool of tears to where I cried. And I won't forget the day I traded all of my sins away for what I have, for what I have. If you're searching for the answer and you can't find your relief If you're craving satisfaction All you find is grief Would you listen to a brother That's already been around Put your faith in this old world This old world, it'll let you down Jesus Christ will save your soul And I'm here to let you know That's what I have Hey, that's what I have What I have is a soul Bought by the blood I'm sanctified What I have is a little Pool of tears to where I cried And I won't forget the day I traded all my sins away for what I have for what I have well I'll stand and testify even when they criticize what I have just what I have and no matter what they say I know they cannot take away what I have just what I have gonna tell the whole world even though they may not understand or know just what I have just what I have as a matter of fact i know that jesus knows exactly what i have it's just what i have what i have is a soul bought by the blood unsanctified what i have is a little pool of tears where i cried and i won't forget the day i traded all of my sins away for what i have for what i have Don't tell the families, tell your physicians, don't tell the lawyers and all politicians. That's what I have, that's what I have, that's what I have. Hey, that's what I have, that's what I have. Now you see the world, they didn't give it to me. And the world can't take away what I have. What I have. Oh, somebody give the Lord some praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It may sound a little bit old-fashioned, but I just still believe it's all right to get excited about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's still all right to rejoice in the difference Jesus Christ has made in your life. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Somebody made the statement one time. They said, well, it's hard to be dignified when you've been sanctified. Amen. Anybody been sanctified in the house tonight? Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. I've probably probably said this here before, but I'll I'll say it again. Somebody made this statement one time. They said, well, it just gets beside me while you people would come to church and act the way you do. They said, it just gets beside me while you'd come and scream and holler and jump and shout and clap your hands and lift your hands and, and, and shout and dance before the Lord. They said, it just gets beside me old fella answered him one time and said, Well, when it stops getting beside you and it gets inside you, then you'll understand why we'd do something like that. Oh, there's something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I I can't explain it. I can't contain it. I just know Jesus has done something in my life, uh, and I've just got to give him praise for it. Uh, Ain't nobody got a reason to praise him tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. If you ain't got a reason to praise Him, come talk to me. I'll give you plenty. Amen. You can borrow some of mine. Amen. got a reason to praise God tonight. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 9. Amen. We'll start reading at verse number 1, John chapter 9. Amen. And verse number 1. Amen, amen. I believe this is the atmosphere where anything can happen. Amen, amen, whatever your need is, what a great move of the Holy Ghost we had this morning, amen, but I can't help but believe that God wants to do even greater things in this house tonight, amen, amen, so whatever you have in need of, amen, don't settle for your circumstance, don't walk out the door with the same burden you brought in, but give it to Jesus and allow Him to do a miraculous work in your life tonight. Amen, amen, again, such an honor and a privilege to be back in Lake City, amen, I, I told Brother and Sister McCall at lunch today, it is so nice to be able to come to a church and just feel welcome and at home, and and uh, that's the way I feel when I come to Lake City, and it is such a, a privilege to be here, I love and appreciate your pastor and his family so very much, such wonderful, wonderful people, and I know you are, you are blessed to have them, amen, as your pastor. Amen. Amen. Most importantly, I'm glad Jesus has made Himself known in the house tonight. Amen. It's always good to come to the house of God and see family and friends, and maybe those we hadn't seen since this morning. Amen. But it's always good when Jesus Christ shows up in the building. It makes the meeting worthwhile. Amen. There was an old Southern gospel song that said, "We can't have church till the Holy Ghost shows up." Well, well, we can have church. It just makes it worthwhile when the Holy Ghost does show up. Amen, 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 amen. Well, John chapter 9, verse number 1. Praise God. And Jesus, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Skip down to verse number 6. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent, He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which had uh, before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Verse number 10, therefore they said unto him, how were thine eyes opened? In verse number 11, he answered and said, notice this is just a blind man or the former blind man just, just putting on his own little testimony service and he says, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. How many knows things happen when Jesus speaks amen. into your life? Yes. Amen. With the help of the Holy Ghost for just a few moments tonight, and there'll be probably parts of this that may sound like a rerun from this morning, but we'll just take it as a word from the Lord and amen, see what He will do tonight. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, between the promise and the pool. Between the promise and the pool. Would you put your Bible down? Would you lift your hand to Jesus one more time? Would you ask that His Word would begin to challenge your spirit and speak to your heart tonight? Jesus, thank You for Your Spirit that has made itself known in the house tonight. What a privilege it is to stand in Your presence. God, to know that You are here in such a great way. Lord, I ask that Your Word that's already anointed would begin to speak to hearts and lives. Let it challenge. Let the anointing that's on Your Word flow off of the page. Let it flow into every spirit. Let it come in contact with every heart. God, give us a desire. Move in us tonight. Lord, increase our faith, our desperation to move further and closer to you. And we give you thanks and praise for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you're going to help me preach, would you shout amen? God bless you. You may be seated. Empty promises are something that is very common in today's society. You may have received an empty promise from your boss. You may have uh, received an empty promise from a co-worker, a friend, maybe a family member. But can I just tell you, you will never receive an empty promise uh, from the Lord. He always keeps His Word. He always stands by every promise that he makes, Titus 1, verse number 2, even states that God cannot lie. So, that, so what God has promised, uh, it will be fulfilled. What God has said, uh, it is sure. What God has spoken, uh, it is certain. Contrary to what many people believe, uh, the Bible is not all about everything that you cannot do in your life. I'm here to submit to you that a good portion of the Bible is all about what God can do in your life if you'll allow Him to. The promises of God. Those promises were not included in the Word of God just to fill up pages and make the book look a little bit thicker. They weren't included just to make the book look a little bit more enticing. But every promise was written by divine inspiration from God Himself. So I'm of the opinion and I firmly believe that if God inspired it, then God is more than able to fulfill it. If God inspired it, if God allowed it to be so, then I don't believe He'll ever turn back on His Word, but He will fulfill what He has said. Peter described the promises of God this way. Second Peter 1 and 4, it said, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What that tells me if you want to be a partaker uh, of the divine nature of God, and what that really means is uh, uh, partaking in the divine nature of God is receiving the baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost. So if you want to be a partaker uh, in His divine nature, uh, you just got to grab a hold of one of those exceeding great uh, and precious. Promises. If you want to escape the corruption uh, of this world, just grab a hold uh, of a great promise from the Word uh, of the Lord. Yeah. Too many people, we, we, too, too many times we, we, we doubt and we hinder God's promises uh, from working in our lives. His promises don't always align with our plans. Promises don't always align with what we have purposed uh, for our own lives. I tell you, as long as you live according to your own will, uh, you limit His promises and how much they can work uh, on your behalf uh, in your life. But can I tell you, if you want to see the unlimited and unrestrained promises of God's word, you must first align yourself with God's word. And once you get yourself in subjection to His word, then the things that are recorded in that word will become—they'll uh, begin to come to pass in your life. They'll become to—they'll begin to come to fruition in your spiritual journey with the Lord. When you align yourself with His Word. His promises are bound to come to pass. I believe with all of my heart that for every problem that you face in life, for every burden that you bear, there is a promise from God that will sustain you and carry you through your trial. I believe God has designated a promise to carry you through your problems. I believe He has assigned a promise uh, to get you through uh, your circumstance. Let me try to help somebody understand that in the last few years, uh, smartphones have become an integral part of our culture and our society and and just the overall makeup of how we live our lives. One of the most enticing and valuable selling points, features of a smartphone uh, is the app store. Over the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, uh, developers have continued to develop uh, thousands upon thousands of apps. uh, And at the the punch of a few buttons, uh, you can almost have access to anything. Uh, The the cliche goes as this, uh, for whatever you need to do, there's an app for that. For instance, uh, if you go to France and can't figure out how to order a burger at Burger King, uh, there's an app for that. If you want to know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pot, there is an app for that. If you want to deposit a check into your bank account, there's an app for that. Uh, If you want to check gas prices in Little Rock, there is... An app for that. I'd like to go on record and borrow their phrase tonight uh, and tell you uh, for every problem, for every burden, for every care that you face uh, in your life, uh, there is a promise uh, for that. Oh, somebody hear me right now. If you're struggling to withstand the battles of this life, there is a promise for that. If you're fighting against the tricks and lies of the enemy, oh, there is a promise for that. For that, if you feel defeated, uh, God promised victory. Uh, If you're bound in sin, uh, God promised salvation. Uh, If you are lost, uh, God promised guidance. Uh, If you are hurt or in pain, uh, God promised healing. Uh, If you feel condemned, uh, God promised redemption. Uh, If you feel loneliness, uh, God promised faithfulness. Uh, When life is in chaos, uh, God promised peace. Uh, When guilt weighs you down, uh, God promised forgiveness. I've come to preach to somebody and remind you, you have no reason to settle for shame because God's promised favor. Don't settle for sadness. He's promised joy. Don't settle for weakness. He has promised strength. Don't settle for nothing. He's promised provision. Don't settle for bondage. God's promised freedom. Don't settle for despair. God's given us hope. Don't settle for the believable. God's promised miracles, signs, and wonders. Oh, you don't need to settle for dead church. Jesus has promised revival in these last days. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for every promise. I'm thankful for everything God has promised me. One preacher, I believe it was the elder Verbal Bean, said this, the promises from Genesis to Revelation were made to encourage you to ask God for what He already wants to give you. I just simply believe for every burden, for every bad time, there is a promise that will sustain you and carry you through your situation. Because there is power in holding on to a promise. When you're holding to a promise, storms may rock you, uh, but they won't overthrow you. When you're holding to a promise you may fall but you won't stay down. When you're holding to a promise you may get discouraged but you won't stay discouraged. When you're holding to a promise every test becomes a testimony. When you're holding to a promise fear and doubt lose their sting. When you're holding to a promise the enemy trembles in fear. I believe hell shakes in nervousness when a child of God makes up in their mind that though I'm going through bad times, that though I'm going through a midnight hour, though I may find myself in the fire, I will not give up, I will not give in, for I'm holding on to a sure promise from the Lord. There's power in holding on to a promise. Problem is, so oftentimes we'd rather have an explanation, but we must understand God doesn't always give us explanations. He gives us promises, and you can't you can't live on an explanation because you might not agree with what He explains to you. But can I tell you, you can live on a promise. You can stand on a promise. You may not understand how it's going to happen. You may not understand how it's going to unfold. But you just have to trust enough in the Word of God that if He promised it, it will come to pass. So I'm not going to ask for an explanation. I'm just going to hold on to a promise and know that in perfect Will and His will, uh, and in perfect time, His promise will come to pass in my life. Somebody said, I can live on a promise. You can live on a promise because of this fact. First Peter 3 and 9 The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Can I tell you God's promises never fail. His promises will always be fulfilled. God's never backed out. He's never backed up. He's never wavered. He's never wondered. His promises are sure. They are forever settled in heaven. And what He has promised will come through I was I was uh, I was probably about seven years old or so our family took a a, a, a family vacation to Colorado Springs Colorado and and with McCall, everybody told us that they, they made just this big deal if you're going to Colorado you've got to go see Royal Gorge anybody been to Royal Gorge they just made this big deal. It's it's the it's the world's highest suspension uh, bridge spanning over the Arkansas River at a height of 1,053 feet. They made this big deal. You've got to go see this bridge. So, man, I as a 7-year-old kid, I was like, Bless God, this is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I've got to go see this bridge. And I, I, I'll admit, I got real excited about seeing this bridge until I stepped on that bridge they like, I got a witness in the house tonight. Now, this isn't, this isn't like a road or traffic, it's a, it's a tourist thing. So you can walk across it, you can ride a little trolley across it. And I made the, when I stepped onto that bridge, I made the mistake of looking down. Come on now. And, and and very quickly my eyes were were just fixated on the big gaps between the wooden slats and the wood in the floor of that bridge. Can I tell you, I, I, I got a real good view of the rocks and the river that was below me, a, a thousand feet. In fact, I got too good of a view of what was underneath me, or what should I, or should I say, what was not underneath me? And can I tell you, in that moment, I became very unsure, Brother Sanders. I I, I became very uncertain in my seven-year-old mind. I begin to wonder. I've got to get off. I, I've got to get off of this bridge. I begin to doubt the strength of those cables. I begin to doubt the power of that bridge. I don't I can't stay here. I've got to get off cause I'm not sure if I'll live. I stay on this bridge. Can I tell somebody in the house tonight with the promises of God, you have no reason to doubt their strength. With the promises of His Word, you have no reason to doubt their power. You have no reason to be nervous. You have no reason to be unsettled and unsure. His promises are forever settled. They are powerful and they are strong. There's power in holding on to His promise. Before God can give you the fulfillment of His promise, He requires you to give Him the fulfillment of your faith. In order to receive the promises that are promised in His Word, we have to trust, obey, and exercise faith. In John chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus passed by, He saw a blind man, a man that was in fact blind from his birth, never saw The disciples asked a question, whose sin requires this man to be blind? Before Jesus could work in the life of this blind man who was in need, He first had to straighten out His disciples. Think about this with me for a moment. What stood between the blind man and his miracle was a bunch of disciples asking questions can I just kind of push pause in my sermon and just just preach for about 12 seconds to somebody? The last thing that this world needs is for the church to get between them and Jesus with a bunch of questions. In fact, the last thing you need is to be guilty of standing between a sinner and their salvation. But nevertheless, Jesus responds and Jesus answers their question. And He begins to let them know that not everything is a consequence from God. Some things are an opportunity for God. In other words, Jesus said, His blindness is not punishment. His blindness is not judgment. His blindness is so that the power and glory of God could be made known. Let me preach for about 12 seconds to somebody. Sometimes we need to stop praying that God would hurry up and get us out of our problem and start praying that God will have His way in the middle of our problem. I know I know. we preach deliverance and we, we preach that God's able to bring you out and I'm not I'm not going back on any of that, He is able but there are some times God's not going to bring you out at the snap of your finger there are some times you just got to let God know well, I don't know why you've got me here I don't know why I'm having to go through what I'm going through, but I, God I just want to let you know that I give you permission, do whatever you want to do, I may be in this storm, but God do whatever you want to do. Have your way in the middle of my bad time. Because the reason for this man's condition, the reason for his blindness was so that the power and glory of God could be put on display. Can I tell you the reason for your situation, the reason for your problem, it may not be for finger-snapping quick deliverance. It might be so that the power of God could be slowly unfolded before somebody's eye. The reason you're going through that bad time may just be so somebody can see the glory of God of God at work in your life this man was blind from birth all of his life he he, he had lived his life in constant darkness he had never seen a sunrise or a beautiful sunset This man had never seen the faces of those he had loved. He had never seen a water trickle down the mountainside. He had never seen a horse gallop through a field. He had never seen a smile fill up the face of a friend. He had learned how to live with his condition. He had learned how to to manage the symptoms. He, He had probably accepted things as they were. I've never seen, I'll never see. This is the way my life has always been. And I guess this is just the way my life will always be. This man had come to grips with his condition, his state, as being a blind man. And can I tell you, though none of us probably in the building tonight uh, are blind as this man was, uh, many of us are often guilty of the same actions uh, and taking the same perspective uh, in our life. Uh, so oftentimes it's just a part of our human nature, uh, but so oftentimes we become comfortable uh, in our sinful habits, uh, our, our sinful. Blindness. Uh, we become comfortable. We we come to grips uh, with our disability and our our limitations, and we come to grips with our circumstance, and we settle for simply managing the symptoms uh, instead of seeking uh, the solution. Too many people have accepted sin as a part of their life. They've accepted darkness. They've accepted blindness as a part of their life. They've been deceived into thinking that that's just how their life is intended to live. Can I tell you, sometimes our current conditions are not meant to be accepted, but many times they are meant to become miracles. Oftentimes, I don't believe it's always the will of God for us to just accept everything that comes down the pike of life. I believe it's it's the will of God for us to put our faith at work and say, God, if this is Your will, then I will accept it. But Lord, I'm not gonna just settle for it. I'm not gonna become content in my weakness. I'm gonna trust Your power. I'm gonna believe in Your strength and if this is a miracle waiting to happen, I just want you to know that I'm on board with you. And I believe you can work in my life. You don't have to become content in your problem. You don't have to settle You may be born in sin, but you don't have to accept that and become content in your may take 23 years of faith. It may take service after service of praying. But as long as there is a promise in the Word of God, let me just encourage somebody right now. Don't you settle for your problem. Don't you settle for defeat. Don't you settle for sin. There is a promise for you. And if you'll keep holding on to that promise from God, He will bring you out of whatever you are in. I believe we. it's up to us whether or not we put the promises of God to work. I believe it, 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 it is our responsibility. The weight is upon our shoulders. To put his promises into action. I believe that's what this blind man did in John chapter 9. After Jesus had straightened out, the disciples, Bible said, Jesus spat on the ground and he made two balls of clay. And he placed two mud balls in this blind man's eye. Now, just, just so that I'm clear tonight, just so that we're all on the same page, mud balls are certainly not of any medical value. I don't think there was any magic solution that sat in those mud balls. But Jesus places two mud balls in this blind man's eye. If I would have been standing in the crowd that day, I guarantee you what would be going through my mind would be this. I'm just going to be honest tonight. What would go through my mind is Jesus. What in the world are you doing? There's easier ways to go about performing a miracle. I mean, I mean, you're, you're God manifest in flesh. You could just speak the word and His eyes appear. You could speak the word and He receives sight. You can wave your hand and, and he, he begin to see you standing in front of Him. There's easier ways. Why do you have to go smearing mud uh, on a blind man's face? I believe Jesus just simply wanted to illustrate a powerful principle to us. uh, And that is, he is not tied to any one particular method of moving. He can move. uh, He can minister however he chooses to work in our lives. And after Jesus had placed two mud balls... In this blind man's eye, Jesus tells this blind man, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So if I had been in the crowd, what would be going through my mind is, Okay, God, you've rubbed mud all over this blind man's eye. Now you're sending a blind man on a journey. says go wash in the pool of Siloam the Bible says this man from the place that he encountered Jesus from that place where Jesus told him go wash in the pool of Siloam we don't Story doesn't record. We don't know if there was any more exchange of words. Uh, all we know that is that this blind man uh, must have turned from where he had just had that conversation with Jesus, uh, and this blind man began to journey toward the pool. Commentaries say that the that the, the blind man uh, had to travel anywhere from one to two miles uh, from the place he he encountered Jesus uh, to the place of where the Pool of Siloam. Was. This blind man, I, I can't help but let my imagination uh, kind of run wild uh, as this blind man sets out on a journey. Uh, I, I wonder uh, what how difficult it must have been. Uh, I wonder what kind of obstacles must have met this blind man on his way. It's this blind man's turned away from that 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 experience with Jesus as that blind man uh, walked away from that encounter uh, and he made up in his mind i, 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 I don't know uh, everything that just took place uh, i don't really understand why there's mud uh, smeared all over my face uh, i don't understand why what well, i've gotten. M- mud balls uh, placed in, in my eye sockets. Uh, but I just happen to believe that maybe uh, there is something about the, the voice of the man, that blind man I just encountered. Uh, I Just maybe there was something about his presence that caused that blind man to turn from where he was uh, and said, if there's any hope of my healing, uh, if there's ever hope uh, of receiving a miracle, uh, I'm going to get to the pool. Uh, I'm going to get to the place that God... Is sending me to. So this blind man, he sets out uh, on a journey, uh, striving, uh, searching, uh, stumbling toward the pool. I, I, I wonder. Uh, I wonder if that blind man had to stop and, and ask someone for direction. Excuse me, pardon me, but, but, but if you can't tell, I am a blind man. And I, I'm trying to get to the pool of Shalom. Could, could, you, could you point me in the right direction? Am I on the right road? Am I on the right track? I need to get to the pool of Shalom. Imagine someone uh, giving him directions. Yeah, get on Third Street, go left, uh, go about four miles, turn right at the third stoplight, uh, and it'll be up there on the, 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 the second driveway on the right. Yep. Blind man, okay, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, this blind man sits out on his journey, uh, stumbling, uh, striving toward the pool. Yep. And I wonder, I wonder if that blind man, as he stumbled along that path. Uh, Holding on to that promise. Uh, trying to get to the pool. Uh, I wonder maybe that blind man uh, took a wrong turn. Uh, he, he, he got off on the wrong track. He, he, he drifted off on the wrong road. And this blind man uh, started heading in the wrong direction. Uh, I can just imagine. I I can just see uh, someone uh, grabbing him by the arm and said, No, sir. That's not the direction of the pool. You're on the wrong track. You're on the wrong road. And somebody had to get this blind man and pull him back on the right route. Somebody had to recalculate his GPS so that he could get on the right road once more. Once this blind man got back on the right track, again, he's striving, he's stumbling. He's trying to get to the pool. I wonder, I could be wrong, but I just wonder if as this blind man tried to get to the place God was sending him to, maybe he bumped into some people. Maybe maybe he ran into a few things. Maybe he had some obstacles that presented themselves in his pathway. I just wonder if this blind man perhaps maybe stumbled and fell. As he's trying to get to the place that Jesus has commanded him to go. He's just trying to see the fulfillment of his promise. And something stumbles. Something stumps him. And this blind man falls to the ground and somehow has to muster up the strength. He somehow has to build up the courage to pick himself back up and keep traveling on. I wonder, I wonder what thoughts must have gone through his mind. Perhaps as he laid on the ground, trying to muster up that strength. I can imagine the doubts. I can imagine the temptations. Oh, you might as well give up. You might as well just stay here. There's really no reason in keeping this up. This is all a big joke. This is all a hoax. There's nothing to this. You're going to get to the pool and nothing's going to happen. I might as well just stop here. Uh, Mr. Blind Man. You might as well give up. Save yourself the energy. Save yourself some dignity. You're going to run what reputation you you already have. Blind man, just give up. Just stay down. Oh, but I just can't help but believe that blind man said, No, there's a promise that I received just a couple blocks back. And I refuse to turn loose of my promise. If there's any hope of a miracle, if there's any hope for me, it's going to be at the pool. So I'm not giving up. That blind man, and mustered up the strength and the courage to, to push himself back up to his feet uh, and begin striving one more time. I believe somebody ought to make up in their mind tonight. Uh, the enemy may have knocked you down. Uh, there may have been some stumbling blocks uh, and some some roadblocks that have. Knocked you flat on your face, and the enemies told you there's no reason to keep going. There's no reason to keep living for God. There's no reason to keep striving to be more and more like Jesus. I've come to tell you the devil is a liar tonight, and you need to pick yourself back up. You need you need to pick put yourself back together and say, I may be down, but I'm not dead. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall rise. I, I, I believe there's a story somewhere in the book of Acts. They had stoned, was it Peter? They stoned him and left him for dead. They thought he was gone. They thought his life was over stoned him, left him lying on the ground. They walked away. And Peter got up. He got up and walked away from that place where he had laid there. He said, I may have been down, but I'm not dead. Somebody ought to make up in their mind tonight, I refuse to stay down. I refuse to stay discouraged. I refuse to settle for defeat. I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to start striving to the place God has called me. Blind man, he picks himself up, uh, and with a with a fresh boost of courage, he starts he starts striving one more time. Okay, I'm back on my feet. I uh, I gotta get to the pole. I gotta get. I don't know how much longer I got. Uh, I, I, I can't see the road signs, uh, but surely uh, it can't be too far away. Uh, this blind man begins stumbling. Uh, he begins walking. Uh, he begins striving toward the pool. Uh, I just, I just can't help believe, it, but maybe he, he stumbled into something. He said, "Is this the end? Is this all there is? Is it? Is this the end of the road? Where, where's the pool? Is this the end? Is this?" It? Has this obstacle, has this promise led me to nowhere? The, the, The promise that I've been holding on to for this mile and a half, has it led me to a hindrance? Does it end right here at a roadblock? This blind man maybe had to back up. though he couldn't see it, he had to make up in his mind. There's nothing going to stand in my way. There's nothing going to block me. If I have to climb over it, if I have to climb under it, if I have to work around it, I'm not going to stop here. There's no obstacle going to keep me from getting to the pole woman with the issue of blood. She had her obstacles to overcome, uh, trying to get to the point of her miracle. Uh, She had people all around her. Uh, She probably had to elbow some folks, uh, kick some folks in the shins. Pardon me, excuse me. Get out of my way. Uh, I'm trying to get to Jesus. Uh, You're in my way. You're an obstacle. You've become a hindrance to me. Would you get out of my way? I'm trying to get to the Master ever going to get to the place God's sending you to if you're ever going to get to the place where the promise is fulfilled you've got to make up in your mind there is no devil, there is no, uh, no situation, there is no obstacle uh, there is no hindrance that will stop me from getting to the place God is sending me to yeah. on, this blind man backed up and said I'm going over I'm going to make it and he pressed on his way through that obstacle And finally, he reached the pool of Siloam. Finally, he had reached the place God had sent him to, the place God had called him. The Bible says, to the pool of Siloam. And he did just as Jesus said he washed those mud balls from his eyes. Bible doesn't say there was a magic moment. Bible doesn't tell of a snap, crackle, pop. Bible doesn't tell of a surge of pain that went through his head. Bible just simply says that blind man made the two mile journey back. And He saw every obstacle for what it was. He saw every stumbling block for what it was. He saw every wrong turn for what it really was. He came and He saw the point of His promise for what it was. He came and received His sight. Can I tell you, and I'm closing quickly. You'll receive the fulfillment of your promise will come. Your miracle will come when you get to the place God has called you to. Well, I've come to preach to us for just a couple more minutes tonight uh, as that each and every one of us in this room have been sent on a journey. No, we're not blind as this man in John chapter 9. But we've, give, we've been given promises from God. In reality, we don't need any more promises. We've got enough promises to get us to glory. And really, we know all about His promises. Uh, In reality, I could have skipped the whole first 13 and a half minutes of my message tonight uh, preaching about His promises. Uh, I could have picked up at John chapter 9, and you would have known exactly what I was talking about. We know about His promises. but What we struggle with. Is between that promise and the pool. What we struggle with is the meantime. What we struggle with is the in-between. What we struggle with is the journey. What we struggle with is the walk. What we struggle with is the fight. What we struggle with is our persistence. And while we're all on this journey, I'm preaching to to every one of us tonight. I'm preaching to myself right now. We're on a journey. We're striving. We're trying to be everything God means for us to be. We've been given promises. We've been given hope. We've been given so many things from the Lord. And we're holding on. We believe in His power. We believe in what He can do. We know it's going to happen. God's going to do it one of these days. Red hot Saturday, Sunday night re- revival services. We walk out of the house of God uh, all fired up uh, because we're going to get to the pool. But somewhere, uh, somewhere on Monday or Tuesday, uh, we get off on the wrong track. We take the wrong road. We we start stumbling uh, down in the wrong direction. Uh, And it takes Wednesday night Bible study uh, for pastor to preach the word, uh, unfettered and unfavored, uh, and pull us back on the right track. Uh, Once again, uh, it takes His word to get us back striving in the right direction and Thursday morning we set out we're going to get to that place I got detoured but I'm going to make it one more time and we get knocked down Thursday afternoon with a temptation we get knocked down with reminders of our past we get, we get knocked flat on our face because of things we did in the past mistakes we made yesterday and the devil tells you you'll never get to the place God's calling you to you'll never have revival. Your family will never be saved. You'll never get to uh, the next level. A new dimension in your walk with God. You might as well give up. You might as well use that stumbling block for a pillow. You might as well stop right there. You'll never get to the pool. get hung up with obstacles. We we run into things and we get we get stuck in routines and we get stuck. We just can't move. It seems like we hit a brick wall. We're trying to get there. We're trying to be what God wants us to be, but it seems like these obstacles just won't let us move forward. What I've come to preach tonight is we can't let stumbling blocks we can't let wrong turns. We can't let obstacles stop us from being everything God has destined us to be. There's a place he's calling you to, sir. Ma'am, there's a, there's a point that God is pushing you towards. And when you get to that place, when you can finally get to the pool, when you can get when you can get some victory over the, the things the enemy's using to hold you back. Reach the pool of Siloam. You're gonna see every promise God made you fulfilled. You're gonna see the miraculous come to pass. You're gonna see things like you've never seen. You're gonna receive. You're gonna see a revival like you've never experienced. But you've got to get to the pool. Got to get to the place God is sending you to. I'm closing can come. I don't want to be guilty of being caught. I don't want to be guilty of being stuck somewhere between the promise and the pool. His promise is so powerful. His promise is so real. It's purpose for your life. It's not, a, it's not a myth. It's not a mystical dream. It's not a too good to be true. Wishful thought. That promise is destined to come to pass. That promise will come to pass. If you can get to the point. so determined we've got to get so hungry the miracle never happens in between the answer never comes between the promise of the poor the answer only comes when we can press our way through what has tried to bind us. Can I I just say what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight? I'm not only preaching to us on a personal level tonight, uh, but I believe when each and every one of us uh, on a personal level uh, can strive uh, to get to the pool, uh, it's going to be that the whole body uh, is going to be pulled toward the pool. some may say this is taking taking it out of context do with it what you want to Uh, but I just happen to believe uh, that the blind man uh, got to the pool all at the same time and what I mean by that is it took his whole body working together his foot didn't get there 15 minutes before the hand got there but his body began working. Through every struggle, through every hindrance, over every stronghold, the entire body, strength begin to flow and the entire body worked together, led by the head to get to the place God had sent him to. I tell you, we are all we're members of a body tonight. We're many members, many parts, but we're just one and can I tell you when every member uh, when every arm when every hand when every finger when every leg uh, when every toe uh, can start working and striving uh, and pushing toward the pool uh, the the miraculous is going to happen revival is going to break out Uh, miracle signs uh, wonders are going to take place uh, when we can all work together and get to the place God is sending us to. Stand to your feet with me right now.